This podcast episode is dedicated to empowering sensitive people to recognize their trait as sensory intelligence and bring their unique gifts into service for the crucial roles we play in communities, businesses, and leadership globally. I'm Julie B. Ellen, sensitivity expert, psychotherapist, and founder of the online sensitive empowerment community. I'm Willow McIntosh, founder of Illuminance and leader of the high sensory intelligence movement. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everyone. We are recording this episode live in my sensitive empowerment community, where our members can actually ask questions and we can interact with each other, which I love. And uh, today's topic, self-compassion. This one skill can transform your life. And I'm very excited to talk about it with you, Willow. Yes. Hi, me too. A great topic. Really good to, to be here and uh, and, and talk this through today. Yay, yes. I know for myself and for most of the HSPs I've worked with, I find it so fascinating that we have so much compassion for other people, but we seem to lack it a lot within ourselves. That seems to be quite common. Have you noticed the same thing? Very much so, yes. It certainly seems to be a concurrent theme with us and and I'm so excited that we're getting a chance to kind of talk through the ins and outs of this and, and you know perhaps what's going on there and I've, I know you've got some really uh, wonderful resources around this. Yes I'm just so excited to share it with everybody. I want to share research, I want to share some information about the brain because I always come from a place of if I really understand something deeply it, it it's like it it makes it uh rather than just saying oh yeah i should have self-compassion but what does that mean can we build it can we grow it yes we can and that's something that i want to talk about today um and i'm super excited to share it with you guys there's it what fascinates me is that we tend to be as hsps tend to be so self-critical and uh, I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but I also want to talk about um, what happens when we're self-critical, what happens when we're self-compassionate. And what's really fascinating is as HSPs, we have more activation in our amygdala and the fight flight response tends to be very strong in us. I know for myself that used to be activated every day before I had tools. What about you, Willow? Have you, did you experience something like that? Yes, absolutely. I can remember almost being on this constant sort of anxious alert setting where it was, you know, so kind of reactive to everything going on inside and outside of myself, really being at the mercy of my mind and my thoughts. And it was all based very much in a kind of a critical soup. So, yes, I can relate to that very much. And I can very much is to sort of you know compare it to how I feel now and how I kind of manage that. Yeah, and and anyone that's listening, go ahead and put in the chat too if you're resonating with what we're saying. What's so fascinating to me is that um, self-criticism, and this is this is based on research. Now, Kristen Neff actually is a researcher and has has really committed her life to like the past more than more than a decade of research around self-compassion. And she's actually found in her research that 
uh, and I find this fascinating, self-compassion actually decreases the stress hormone cortisol and increases the release of oxytocin, which creates the kind of the calming effect. And just that in itself is incredible. <laughs> Don't you guys think that's amazing? Like we, we can literally change the physiology of our experience based on what we're practicing. If we're, if we're being critical or we're being compassionate, isn't that amazing? Really is. It really is. Yeah. It, it, isn't it incredible? It's, it's almost like, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's almost, again, I mentioned this before. It's almost like nature, nature's got us wired that way. You know, it's like, Hey, come on, you're going to function much better with some self-compassion and you know, the, the truth of things is based in love. It's not based in fear and, you know, and criticism. So I, I love that. I love that we're kind of wired for, for the health benefits of self-compassion. Yes. And, and it, it's like that, that kind of loving response that uh, mammalian, like in, in, like with in Christian Neff's research, she talks about how mammals are, you know, caregivers. We're very loving and compassionate towards our young. And so being able to actually practice that back towards ourselves is um is so incredibly important and especially if you think about the fact that we're more prone to have an extra fight flight response and if we're actually stacking that with self-criticism we're making it doubly hard on ourselves um, because that makes it really difficult to recover from emotional wounding it has lasting health impacts both short-term and long-term health impacts and so if we really practice self-compassion and it's a brain training skill, meaning that we get better at it with practice. And I know for myself this years ago, when I was studying this, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try it. Let me see if it works. I don't know if it'll work because I have such low self-compassion. I didn't know if I would actually believe or, or really be able to really feel it. But I find it so fascinating that with practice, you actually do get better at it. And we'll talk a little bit about a, uh, a three-step technique that I've sort of adapted from uh, Kristen Neff's work. And I find it super helpful. And I'm also going to put a link in the show notes of a video of me doing it so you guys can see it. But I even thought we could sort of work through it a little bit today. You want to do that? I love the sound of that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I find, you know, I, it's, it's interesting because we're we, we, t we tend to be so open. Our systems, I find, are so open to these kind of techniques. I find them to be so effective, you know, with myself and the people that I work with. And yeah, I would, I would absolutely love to, love to dive into that. Do you know, I, f I found over the, I, I was thinking about this earlier today, actually, and I, I, I realized that a part of what used to really cause a great deal of um, self-criticism for me for me, I realized that a lot of it was based in me not feeling safe. So on a day-to-day -day basis, I would tend to kind of walk around thinking, you know, fundamentally, I don't feel like I'm able to look after myself or if someone says something mean, I'm not going to be able to look after myself. And I was kind of on this kind of like constant alert. And, and actually, what I was actually doing to myself is I was the one that was being mean to me. I was the one that was being unsafe to myself, essentially, by having mm -hmm. these thoughts and kind of, you know, having these sort of like these mean thoughts about myself. 
and and it was it, and from from the realization that actually I had the ability to allow my to make myself feel safe and look after me and do what I needed to do it kind of helped to sort of shift it but it was it was a key realization about this general feeling of not being safe that for me I found was a real cause of the criticism yes it, i'm sure a lot of people are relating to that and and it's so fascinating because when we think about that from like the brain standpoint um it's it's really interesting because the fight flight response really was you know it's there to protect us from like physically threatening situations but what's really interesting is that it also gets activated with emotional attacks, including our own emotional attacks on ourselves. Like you were just saying, if we're being really unkind to ourselves in our self-talk, you know, think about, I want you guys to think about for a moment, maybe the last time something went really wrong or maybe you had an emotional meltdown or you had an argument with someone or something, something in general went wrong, maybe even at work. How do you talk to yourself? right? How, what, do you, what are you saying to yourself? Because that is the direct indicator of how your brain is going to respond to all of this. And, you know, I bet your life changed, uh, right, Willow, after you, you, you started being kind to yourself instead of cruel to yourself? Yeah, absolutely. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a really interesting point you're raising there as well. And, and also, you know, why is it that we kind of have this tendency to to do this to ourselves or, or move into criticism so easily. And I think it's because, I think because we are wired to pick up more information, we, you know, we have a role kind of like this, this survival role and this, this responsibility we have to be advisors and look out for everyone else in our communities and our tribes. You know, we have this higher sensory ability to, you know, it's there, it's there to, to support and to, it's there, you know, it's there as a, as a benefit really. But I, I think what happens is when, when it's all kind of firing and we're in this place of uncertainty, then all of that, all of that kind of ability that we have almost turns in on ourselves. And we think, oh my God, I'm picking up all this information. I, I don't feel safe. I'm, you know, am I looking after myself? And, and, then, there, and then all of a sudden, what's, there is just this inner attack that seems to be happening. It's almost like we're, we're blaming ourselves for not feeling safe or blaming ourselves for whatever might go wrong or... I, I mean, it definitely, I can relate to this in myself. And this was a habit that I had. It was like, if I was feeling tired and vulnerable, I would immediately start to attack myself. It's like, because I, because I was tired and vulnerable, it was like, it was almost like the attack was going to make that go away. It was, it was such a strange cycle, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's such a, it's, you're right about that. It, it, <clears throat> and it's interesting because we, um, we, as a population of people, we really want to get things done right. We want to do it well. We don't want to make mistakes. We have really high expectations of ourselves and often high expectations of other people too. And all of that can impact, you know, how we're talking to ourselves. And I used to be the same way. It's like, if something went wrong, I instantly was hard on myself. I can't believe you did that. That was really stupid. What's wrong with you? You're so weak. You're so sensitive. These were a lot of the words that I was using. In, and I noticed that when I work with clients and students, they often don't even realize how they're speaking to themselves. And so that's something to really start paying attention. How would you, would you say the things that you say to yourself? Would you say them to somebody you love? 
the, yeah, absolutely. So well said. That's such a great question to ask ourselves. You know, would I be speaking to someone else like this? And, you know, and the answer is no, we would not be doing that. And it's, you know, and it, it's, it really is, um, it, it really is a, it's, it's an act of love to shift our attention in that way. But I really love what you, you, what you've just said there, because it's, I think because, because we do care so deeply, you know, we, we really care when things go wrong. We really care about getting things right. And it's and it ties in almost to what we were talking about last week about um, values and how important it is for, I think it was last week, um, about how important our values are as, as us as HSPs. And, and I think like, you know, it's when, when we feel like we are not being responsible for ourselves, for what we stand for, whether we're living our, up to our own expectations, when, those, when we start to question those things, it almost feels like the first thing to do is, well, I better start criticizing myself. It's, it's me that's causing the problem. And that is counterintuitive. That actually makes things much worse. And it's, and it's just a mean thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it actually impacts our motivation when they were looking at the studies that they found like, so for example, say, uh, you know, a teenage son goes to their parents and they performed poorly on a test in math or something like that. And that parent has a chance for a couple of different responses. One is to get, you know, really hard on them or you're such a loser. I can't believe you don't, you know, know this stuff. What's wrong with you? And the other one, in the, in the other example, the parent is being supportive. Okay, so, you know, maybe we can look at what's going on. How can we support you for next time? Um, that kind of a thing. And they actually found that motivation centers in the brain were impacted by how the parent responded to the child. And so we, it's, it's, and some people think like, oh, you, to, to motivate someone or to even motivate yourself that you should be like that, you know, hard on yourself or critical but it's the exact opposite. Our, our motivation centers in the brain will be stronger if we're using self-compassion and they'll actually start to shut down if we're using criticism. Right. And it, it makes so much sense. It, it, yeah. I mean, and why, why wouldn't it? You know, it's, yeah, it, it's, that's, that's such a good analogy of exactly the same way that a child will respond. It's, it's the same with us. You know, if we're, the more that we get a stick out and start beating ourselves and try and you know, there's that, there's that funny phrase, what is it? Um, beatings will resume until morale improves, you know. Um, it's, it's almost like, you know, we think that we're going to improve things by, by being mean to ourselves, and, that, and that's just not, not the way it works. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, almost, it's almost, there's another kind of side to the compassion there, it is, you know, it's, it's understanding that the reason perhaps that we're being so mean to ourselves is because we care so much, and it's, and it's, and so, you know, am I looking after myself well enough? Am I standing up for what I really believe in? So it's almost, I can kind of understand why we go to this place, but exactly as that example you've just given there, it's, it really is the wrong way to do things. It's, it's not helping us. It's increasing cortisol. Cortisol is known to be, you know, it affects our health. If we've got too much stress hormone moving through our bodies, it has a lot of adverse effects, um, blood pressure, all sorts of other things. And we, you know, we've really got to be, moving into this into this commitment for ourselves to manage this process and just stop it in its tracks and it's it's highly addictive as well it's a habitual habit pattern that we get into um I, um you know i think this there is this sort of uh, tendency to 
end up going down that spiral. It's almost like, well, if I just spend a day in criticism, I don't really have to do anything else. I'll just go into depression. You know, these states are addictive. The, the, um, the sort of the, the cortisol and this mess that we get ourselves into. Yeah, it's, uh, I love what Nancy just wrote. She said, uh, instead of survival of the fittest, let's say survival of the most nurtured. Oh, love, <laughs> I love that. that, Nancy. That's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got some people responding about, you know, that they understand that experience of high expectations on yourself. Nikki said that too, that uh, in the math test example, my family leaned towards parental response option number one. Yeah, that, and that doesn't work. Uh, in the short term, the research showed just due to the fear response, it, there may be a response of the child's trying to trying harder for a short period of time just to, due to the fear response of it. But that long term, that motivation actually went down um, as opposed to the children that received the, you know, the nurturing option. <laughs> and, and I, um, oh, I just love that we're talking about this. There's such good stuff. So there's, there's a lot of things we can do to um, increase that experience of self-compassion. And I always talk about everything that we do, you know, consider it practice until it starts to feel more natural to you, until you find your way. Uh, but let's go through that little, that little three-step thing. And everybody, I want you to bring up something in your mind that, you know, maybe you were hard on yourself about, that you, you know, you, that we want to practice being self-compassionate about. So there's three steps. That, and we want to use um, warm, loving touch while we're practicing this. And this actually shows up in the research, too, because this can you know, release oxytocin, the feel good one. Like when you're hugging somebody, you can, you can release that. And that, that actually reduces the cortisol, uh, the stress hormone, and it can even reduce your blood pressure because your blood pressure can go up with self-criticism and it'll go down with uh, self-compassion. So some people like to do a, a, like almost like a self hug um, and you can also do where your hand on your chest, just a little pressure with your hand on your chest and, and just imagine that you're sending loving energy into your heart when you're doing that. And that first step is to acknowledge the suffering. We need to be able to acknowledge it to heal it. So bringing up the feeling, you know, okay, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling guilty, I'm feeling, you know, what are you feeling, uh, um, you know, in this moment when you think about that, that feeling that we're trying to bring up and, and actually bringing up the word for the feeling starts to activate your cognitive brain, which will also start to wake back up, begin to support your emotional brain. So that's another piece that's important in that first step. Does that make sense? everybody and willow yes yes it's working well i'm doing it right now as we're going through it oh love it love it wonderful and the second step we want to validate and normalize in that second step so normalizes you know uh, um, and i often like to say other hsps would probably find this difficult too <laughs> because we want to talk about you know other deep feelers in the world and uh, in the validation piece, this is such a crucial piece. The validation is very crucial for HSPs to give it to themselves and to receive it from others too in terms of, but most of all, get it from yourself because we often have been 
feeling like our, our emotions and feelings were invalidated in our life. So that might sound like it makes sense. I love the beginning of this sentence. It makes sense. It makes sense that I feel sad or makes sense that I feel scared. Uh, because we, we need to validate that emotion. We, we allow it without judgment. And the tone should, should be very loving. The tone should be loving. You should be trying to send that loving energy to yourself, back into your heart. Uh, and then I've sort of adapted the third step. This third step, now that's a great time to check in with yourself. What do I need? What do I need in this moment during this difficult emotion that I'm having right now? What do I need? You know, do I, do I just need a break? Do I need to step outside? Do I need to have a glass of water? Do I need a hug? Do I need to talk to somebody who, who supports me? You know, what do I need in this moment? And it allows us to really go into, you know, that deep place within us, maybe even our inner child space and say, okay, you know, what do you need right now to help you through this moment? And this is, these, these three steps are so powerful and I use them to this day and I find it incredible how helpful they are because I can even just be laying in bed, for example, and, and, and I remember even the other night I was thinking like, what am I feeling? Like I was feeling a little, you know, a little off in some way, but I didn't even totally understand where it was coming from. And that, that feeling used to lead me into anxiety because it was almost like it would snowball and get bigger. But now I catch it. I catch that feeling. I go through these steps and I check in with my inner child. It's like, okay, you know, what's going on in there? What's, what are you experiencing? What do you need? And I didn't get any of that as a child. So to, to train myself how to do that now is, is also a form of reparenting. And it has completely changed my life because I can heal much faster from emotional wounding when I'm being loving and compassionate with myself. So what do you all think about that, those three steps? Wow, that was wonderful. I could really, really feel the, the effects of that. It's quite trans transformational in terms of the, the, the shift in energy. I'd love to hear what you guys um, thought, how that was for you as well in, in, the, in the chat. I'm sure you're, you're kind of tuning in right now. But that was, that's a very, very powerful process. I, I really like that. Uh, you know, it, it's simple, but it's powerful. I like the fact that it's simple because it's simple to remember. It's simple to apply, which is very, very important when we're in these places of anxiety and uncertainty. The fact that it's, you know, there is this acknowledgement, the validation, and then what's the need? It's, it's, that's a, it's a very loving process, and it really it falls in very beautifully to those needs that we have as a human being. You know, we need our, our feelings to be acknowledged. They need to be validated, and we need to work out, well, what's the need right now that I, you know, that I, that I really need to uh, sort of, uh, that I need, you know, to adjust or to bring this in? I, I, just thought, I thought that was lovely. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, Nikki's saying this is a powerful practice and agrees with Willow on the shift in energy. It is such a powerful practice. It's like, and you get better at it. Like the 10th time you do it, you're better than the first time you do it. And, and, and practice it every day. Practice it every time you, you because what happens with self-compassion, it's, it's kind of like walking around with a supportive friend with you all the time. <laughs> 
and how nice is that to have, right? Instead of a friend that's putting you down all the time. I mean, that's exactly what the experience is. It's like, no matter what you go through, and as sensitive people, we can go through some really powerful, intense emotions that can be difficult sometimes. I mean, they can be really hard to experience. But if you can coat them in this really loving self-compassion, it, it really reduces that intensity and it starts to soften you. And uh, I mean, we, we do that with our children. You know, like I've told stories before about like when my, my son was little, he fell and hurt his knee and was, his knee was bleeding and he was crying. And, you know, it was the compassion that I showed to him that really reduced his suffering. Because even if the pain was still there and even the emotional pain of the experience, to have that loving, nurturing, supportive, self, you know, compassion given to him helped him recover quickly. And for myself, Wow, I used to hold on to things for days, weeks, months sometimes, uh, being hard on myself about something. And, and how do we think that impacts our focus and our creativity and our ability to you know, give to the world and, and support ourselves through things and everything that we're experiencing right now? If we can give that self-compassion to ourselves, we're going to recover so much faster. Yeah, absolutely. So, so well put. Exactly right. Yeah, it, it's, um, it, it affects so many things. We have the, you know, there's an expectation of us to be performing well all of the time and achieving all these things. And, you know, and if we are, if we, if we're doing all of that without this self-compassion, it's like, how do we expect ourselves to maintain a healthy, positive, productive attitude? And, and I love what, um, what Matea just said there. It's a really, it's a really, a, important piece that I think we're touching on is, is around this piece of feeling that we're allowed to feel in a particular way. And I, that's very much my experience as, as a child and, um, you know, and I, I, of, with a lot of HSPs too, is that there is this, you know, there is this, this kind of idea that we're not allowed particular feelings or, you know, we're not allowed to behave in a particular way or whatever, whatever the cause of it may be. And, and for me, that, it, there is so much resistance. It's, it's the resistance in myself that becomes so exhausting and becomes such a battle. There is this kind of, I'm feeling a particular way or something's happened and I'm refusing to acknowledge or I'm refusing to validate it. And then that's what causes this battle. Then there's this fight, well, I shouldn't be feeling this way or I'm, it's not safe for me to feel this way or whatever the conditioning is. And I think that can be, you know, it's, it's that piece, that practice, as Nancy's saying, you know, that validation piece is where I need more practice. And I really think that is so important. Like it doesn't matter why we're feeling a particular way. It doesn't matter what's caused it. It doesn't matter what someone else may think of it. It's just the, the, the literal practice of validating and encouraging ourselves to know it's okay. Yes. It's powerful to do that because I believe the emotion itself is five pounds and the judgment of the emotion. If we think that we're not allowed to feel that, or we've been told we're, we shouldn't feel that that's a thousand pounds. So it's the judgment that is the problem because we can handle the emotion when we're being self-compassionate. It's when we are being judgmental about our emotions. And most of us, you know, we're raised that way. Why, you know, why are you hearing things like, why are you so, sensitive what's wrong with you I mean we've why are you reacting that way so we got messages in our childhood that 
how we were experiencing the world was wrong somehow. And so most of us carry that into our adulthood and that impacts everything, our relationships with it, with ourselves, with each other, with friends, with romantic partners, all of it. Uh, and I want to make a comment too about what Tina said, the, the pressure from my own hand brings amazing comfort. It's palpable. Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up, Tina, because it's really fascinating. We, we, that is actually part of it is that you're activating proprioceptors. It's similar to, you know, how they swaddle babies to kind of comfort them. And a lot of us have been in the community have been talking about weighted blankets. That's a similar experience too, that it's very calming on the system, which is why you want to do uh, either the pressure on the chest or the, or the self hug so that you're getting that experience. Uh, so I'm glad you brought that up. Mm, yes yeah absolutely very, very very important piece there and i think you really hit the nail on the head there julie in in mentioning judgment judgment is the it's just the antithesis to if that's the right word to uh self-compassion i think that is such uh it's such an important piece for us to be aware of wherever that's come from you know it's it's where you know whatever the the whatever the messages that we've received, I think it's so important just to maintain that awareness. It's like, what am I judging right now? Am I judging myself for having this feeling? Is, is that fair? Should I be doing that? I think as soon, because the thing is, it's like our emotional bodies, our emotional reactions to things, we can't control our emotional responses to things. We have an ability to control our thoughts, but we can't control our emotions. And, and trying to limit them or I mean obviously it's important to have boundaries of course in the way that we behave but to try to expect ourselves not to feel in a particular way as human but we are sentient beings we are naturally emotional Our emotion is, is energy moving you know and I think I think to, to expect ourselves not to have feelings or to judge ourselves around our feelings I mean just you know I mean I know that I do it to myself but I'm just I'm thinking it's like no willow you mustn't do that it's just it's just mean you know yeah oh and i i would just my heart is going out to you bridget it said um my mom said stop crying or i'll give you something to cry about uh punishment for the feeling and uh nikki also says we must have had the same mom and and that's that's i've heard that a lot and it's incredibly sad that we receive these kinds of messages that something is wrong with how we experience the world. And I, I really hope that all these podcasts that Willow and I are doing, talking with you all are, are empowering you to change that message, to, to understand that you have these strong emotions for a reason. There's a reason why you're a deep feeler in the world and that we don't need to change the way we feel things. We need to change how we support ourselves through the feeling. Beautiful. 100% exactly right yes it's not our role to change to, to you know to wish that we were feeling in a different way it's it's how we respond to and and you know and, and nurture ourselves through, whilst we're feeling a particular feeling and I love that you know the actual translation to compassion is with suffering so it's it, it's the simple the simple act of just being with suffering it's not about having pity for it. It's not about trying to change it. It's simply just being with it. And that I find is, it, you know, that, that really is the, the pathway into it. It's just allowing ourselves to create a bigger bubble of experience around us that, that gives us that opportunity to, to really be with it. 
there's something that's really been coming up for me as we've been going through this process, especially when we went through your wonderful three-step technique there, Julie, is this movement down into the heart, just into the heart. And I know there was this uh, question recently, I think it was Tina that asked about, you know, how do we move more into the, the heart chakra? Um, and it's, it, it, that has been a huge part of moving into self-compassion for me. It, I'm, I'm, I've always been really fascinated by the different types of energy that I have in my body, my intellectual body, my emotional body, and the differences between those, those types of energy. And it has become so clear to me over the years that my, my thoughts and my intellectual head energy is, I'm pr I mean, in fact, there's research on it now, that they reckon that the ego is based in our brains. It sits in a particular part of our heads. And when I make this shift, I make a, now make a conscious shift to come down into my heart energy, into my heart center, which for me is very much my, my heart chakra. There is a big difference that happens in how I experience myself and how I experience the world. There is a, there is a distinct um, difference in when I am in this self-critical judgmental place, which is very much in my, in my head energy. And simply by dropping into my heart energy or using a technique exactly as you've described there, Julie, that is, that is very much coming into um, a space of self-acknowledgement, of compassion, of love, and just expansion to allow ourselves to be who we are and how we're feeling. Mm, that's beautiful thought that this practice could help people drop into that heart energy. Exactly. Yes, I really, I really believe it is. I because because it, it's it's such a conscious practice for me, and it's it, it's a very important part of, of of a few things that I'm that that I work with in myself, and I'm very fascinated by. And as I was going through that technique, I could really feel myself doing that. It was it was an, it was naturally happening, and, and it's a really powerful thing to do. And it's and and I find that not only is coming into our heart center important for self compassion and. You know, and, and you know just to feel happier but also it's so important to access access that area for for our purpose alignment and for our general sense of aligning with our authentic self i didn't say that in quite the right way but it's but through our heart energy that that's very much in my experience how we access the power of our truth and um and, and, and aligning with what we're really here to do if that makes sense mm. so, yeah, so I think I think there's something really, really powerful here that to remember that there is this route into this very powerful place of compassion and love, but also alignment in in this in this getting into the habit of practicing of coming into our hearts more and more. Mm, that's beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Nancy's saying, I'm so grateful to be a part of this community because so much of what you are saying I feel. Thank you. Oh. Yes, I love that. And, and Diane's talking about uh, this kind of constant awareness that you have to keep catching those voices from negativity affecting your emotions. Yes. And you know what's beautiful about that, though, for HSPs is that we have that, you know, more activation in that insula part, which is, makes us more aware. So I want you to think about how your body feels when you're being self-compassionate versus being self-critical. You really feel it in your body. And I believe that we actually receive a cue from our body 
before we are even cognitively aware of it. You agree with that? I, I got lost looking at the comments now. I'm so sorry. Could you say that last, <laughs> last bit again for me? <laughs> I know we're trying to read the comments at the same time. Um, that your body will cue you. So if you're being self-critical, hard on yourself, or you're just having a difficult time with a strong emotion, your body is going to give you a cue before your cognitive brain is aware of it. Yes, absolutely right. Yes. So in, so in other words, are you, you're saying to, to be aware of that cue and to make sure that we're responding in the right way? Yes. So that, that because what you actually become aware of is the feeling in your body, that that will be your earliest awareness of like, oh, wow, I was super hard on myself just now. Or that person said something that really hurt me. Or I watched too much news and now I'm feeling like an emotional mess. <laughs> Whatever it is, the feeling of, I, I need to have some compassion around this feeling. I need some soothing. Your body is going to cue you to that. And because HSPs have even more activation in the insula, we have more awareness of that than 80% of the population. So this is one of your gifts to use is that become aware. I know for myself, my awareness always starts in my body first. Will you agree with that for you, Willow? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. And that's, that, that is a really good cue. It's like all of a sudden, if I find myself feeling really stressful and I, there's that tendency to want to attack myself and blame myself for feeling that way, that's definitely a, a key indicator. And, and then it's there the right moment. It's like, well, actually, it doesn't really matter why I'm feeling like this right now. I am just feeling like this. And I'm going to do what I need to do right now. Perhaps I can begin to process and think about perhaps what's caused it and there's anything that I need to do there. But I think the immediate response when we get that cue in the body is, is, is actually it's okay for me to feel like this and, okay. you know, and go from there. Yes, yes. And sometimes we don't even know where the feeling came from. Maybe you absorbed it from somebody else. And the, but the point of it is not, the point is not even to always know where the feeling came from, but the, the point to, to start with is to know that you need it that you need that, like I, wow, I just, I often think about like, what would my childhood have, been, childhood have been like if I had received the types of support and, and compassion that I needed around my emotions? You know, I had, we had to go, if we didn't have that, this is something that we can learn now. And, and fortunately, we can train the brain in this area to you know, become aware of that body cue. And then, then that's part of that pause, reflect and response system that I talk about in a lot of our episodes of growing that a little bit more um, rather than reaction. Because if I'm just reacting, I'm not even aware that, oh, you know what, maybe I should do this self-compassion technique or I should take care of myself in a particular way because I'm activating emotional brain, cognitive brain's going to sleep. And I don't have that, I don't even have my tools with me because my tools are in my cognitive brain. <laughs> so um, what you want to, it's, it's all connected. So when you practice mindfulness and practice meditation and, and the right amount of self-care for you by slowing your nervous system motor and all of that, then you will become more aware of yourself. And that's why it's important to always be checking in with yourself, to become aware because if we're not checking in, uh, every day with ourselves, several times a day, we, we often hold onto a lot of emotional wounding. 
and it has to go somewhere. It's not going to just disappear. So for some people, it explodes in an emotional meltdown after the, you know, it's gotten too full. For some people, it explodes into anger. Uh, some people, it, it implodes into depression. We might see high anxiety, uh, a lot of panic attacks, things like that because of that being held inside of you. So you're sort of reteaching yourself to allow yourself to feel a feeling without the judgment so that it doesn't take over that thousand pound weight that you can't handle and keep it contained into a five pound weight that you can handle because you're coding it in that self-compassion and you're literally, you know, releasing you know, hormones into your body based on this practice. I mean, that's calming hormones. So that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. You, yes, exactly. And we, we, as the more that we practice and the more it becomes ingrained into us on a daily basis, by you know, by pausing, reflecting, checking in, and then bringing these tools into practice, you know, we're getting, we're getting that sort of oxytocin rush of, of self-acknowledgement and validation. But, but as you say, we're also gradually, you know, ingraining into us that, that, that that's the way to go rather than the other way into, into self-criticism and and you know and and actually there's another piece that you said that was really interesting me there is 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 when our cognitive function goes out the window that's where all of our tools are and that and that's a very interesting point because i i find that when i when i wake up and i'm tired especially if i've made a plan it's like okay tomorrow i'm definitely going to do all of this and i and i work really late the night before and i wake up and when i'm just exhausted and and there's this disappointment it's like well, i can't oh, just you know my cognitive i haven't got the faculties that i need to kind of get this done and and that that's a real um, a kind of a warning time for me. It's like, hang on a minute, because if I if I now begin, if I now start pushing myself and driving myself, it's going to get worse and worse. And and you know this cognitive piece that I need isn't there for me. So so by going into this technique and and and, and pausing and acknowledging, reflecting and and beginning to just process and find out well, what do I need. Actually, that that engagement again coming down into the heart center coming into the body that is where there is this other resource of energy and um you know a, a, this extra resource for us that's really going to help things rather than trying to expect our brains to fix it if that makes sense mm, yeah wonderful uh, annabelle says when i'm trapped in self-criticism i feel it in my body it can be, it can take my breath away. When I'm in compassion, it shows in my body, uh, for example, with more relaxed and less tension, clearer in my mind. Yes, absolutely. We feel it physiologically like that. It's, it's amazing. We, we could probably talk about this subject for hours, right? <laughs> right? Willow, it's such a good one. Um, Willow, is there anything else that you want to make sure that we're covering today? I think there was just one, just one, uh, one sh quick piece here. Um, I loved what you said there, Tina, about our heart is is our cathedral of joy. And you know what, guys? I at the end of the day, this it is about feeling compassion, compassion, but have, remembering that we are joyous in our hearts, and that you know, no matter what's going on, no matter what the expectation that we have of ourselves, what's gone wrong, we're not hitting our targets, whatever it is that that's troubling us simply by just smiling and acknowledging and asking yourself the question does this really matter right now does it really matter for today am i going to die tomorrow if i don't do this it's like you know is it going to be the worst thing i can possibly think of and the answer to that is no it's not we we can by simply smiling and just letting ourselves off the hook a little bit as hsps and just remembering 
that inherently we are fundamentally joyous, happy, wonderful people and just to give ourselves a break sometimes and just give ourselves a hug and remember to smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and this gets easier with practice. And uh, Matea is saying um, it can be exhausting to have self-criticism. I think you're, you're right. It is exhausting. And so shifting some of that energy from that self-criticism, judgment, into self-compassion imagine if we put the energy towards that instead because self-compassion will give you more energy points um and it's just such an important piece so practice it um you're going to get better at it with with time and i hope that this episode and this discussion was helpful for you guys Uh, and i really hope that you if you found this episode helpful please share it with other hsps because our mission is to really support hsps globally and to help empower you to live your best life and um, we also really appreciate reviews of the episodes reviews of the podcast that also helps hsps find the podcast and if anybody wants to join us live for the next podcast i hope you'll come join the sensitive empowerment community and be part of this live podcast we're doing this every week together we have so many wonderful episodes already uh you can go to hsp podcast to see all the episodes that willow and i have done together and i i we've just had such a good time with all these wonderful discussions and uh such a beautiful community of people that we're we're talking to and Willow, thank you. I just always have so much fun just talking with you and we, we just learn so much and have such a wonderful experience sharing this together. Thank you, Willow. My pleasure. I, I really, really enjoy these episodes very much. And thank you so much for everyone that's joined us today and all of your input and everyone who's listening. You know, it's thank you so much for your input and your energy and for supporting us in creating more and more of these episodes for you guys. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your day, wherever you may be. Yeah, thank you everybody for listening. And thank you, Sensitive Empowerment Community, for being here. And your input and the discussion we had with you is just so such a great part of our podcast. So thank you as we're, we're changing the world together, one HSP at a time. <laughs> <laughs> you guys take good care of yourselves. And we'll talk with you next week. Bye, okay. everyone. Bye. You can take my free sensitivity quiz and find all my HSP tools and resources at sensitiveconnection.com. To register for the next masterclass on how to make your shift into high sensory intelligence, visit inluminance.com. Please leave us a voice message if you have a question or comment for us to be included in a future episode. Just click the voice message button in the show notes, introduce yourself, Tell us where you're from and record up to 60 seconds. We love hearing from you. And please share this episode to help others and take extra good care of yourself out there. Bye-bye, everybody.